Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Into the weekend we go. We got a big Oilers game coming up tomorrow night at Rogers Place against Carolina. The Grey Cup is on Sunday. We'll discuss that a little bit later on tonight. Might even ask for your predictions. Who knows? The Edmonton Oil Kings are in action right now. They're taking on Brandon. Scoreless about a minute and a half into the first period. We'll keep you updated. In the NHL, early in the second period, Rangers lead the Sabres 1-0. Zibanejad with the goal. Penguins up 1-0 in Washington. Heinen with the goal. No score late in the first between the Preds and the Devils. Several games coming up later, including an all-Canadian matchup between the Jets and the Canucks. That Oilers game tomorrow, Furnace Family Oilers Hockey, 6.30 for the face-off show. The game will start at 8, and I can tell you that the Carolina Hurricanes already have a 1-0 lead. Okay, the Oilers have allowed the first goal a lot lately, but not not a day before the game, though it feels like uh, it's inevitable lately that they're going to fall behind one nothing. Here's what I can tell you about that, and I decided to look at some stats from this season because it's easy to say, well, it's bad to fall behind. It's bad to fall behind. How bad is it? So I wanted to look into that a little bit here. So first of all, here's the situation with the Oilers. They have allowed the first goal in 13 of their last 16 games. That, quite frankly, is horrendous. Uh, They have scored first nine times this season, only only nine times in 25 games. As I'm sure you've heard, they have not lost in that scenario. 9-0 when they get the first goal, now down to 7-9 when they uh, allow the first goal against. So here's what I can tell you. In terms of scoring first, only one team is worse than the Oilers in that category. Ottawa has only scored first eight times. Now, Edmonton is tied with three other teams with nine, New Jersey, Arizona, and Seattle, all sitting with nine opening goals this season. I'm going to tell you something else. In the entire National Hockey League, how many teams do you think are below 500 when scoring first? I'm going to tell you, it's one. It's one. That's the importance of the of the first goal. The Arizona Coyotes have scored first nine times. They're 2-5-2. Two, two. They are the only team with a sub-500 points percentage when scoring first. A couple teams are below 500 in winning percentage, but, but they have enough overtime or shootout losses when scoring first. Uh, that they're 500 or better in terms of points percentage. So maybe the other team got two, but they still got one. So why do we talk about having a good start? Why do we talk about scoring first? Because if you do it, you will probably get something out of the game. You will probably not lose in regulation time at the very least, unless you're Arizona and you've lost uh, five out of your nine in regulation time when you've scored first and, and a couple more in overtime or a shootout. So that's some context there. 
Now, in terms of uh, giving up the first goal, I was actually surprised that there are seven teams out of 32 better than 500 points percentage when allowing the first goal. Uh, most of them are are right around 500. The Rangers, for example, are six five and one. Washington's three one and four. Uh, a couple teams with really good records when allowing the first goal. St. Louis is eight and four. Florida is seven two and three. And Carolina, who we're going to see tomorrow night, seven and four. So and for a while the Oilers were in that category because they were what seven and five before this losing streak started. So so there you have it. And that's why it's stressed. That's why we talk about it. That's why it's quite frankly a cliche, but there's a there's a reason we have cliches. Some of them are for real. So that's something that's very important in the National Hockey League, and it's something the Oilers have not been doing nearly enough of. Sometimes those goals have been early. Sometimes they've been later in the period, like last night. And on the whole, I, I think the uh, Oilers' first period against Minnesota was not terrible, but they allowed an early goal, not a great one against given up by Koskinen. And then they took a couple of early penalties yesterday against Boston. I thought they were playing fine, but then they're shorthanded for almost four minutes in a row. They did kill that off, but then they make a big mistake late in the period and they give up a shorthanded goal and bang, they're behind again. And even though they caught up, they wound up losing in regulation time 3-2. Darnell Nurse today on the stress of falling behind. I think, you know, when you're playing from behind, you know you need to score another goal. You know, when when you have the lead... You know that you, if you stay aggressive and, and, and play in the ozone, there you don't have to take any chances at any point. As long as you play the right way uh, and keep the puck out of your net, you can you can win. Uh, when you're playing from behind, at some point you're going to have to, I wouldn't say force the issue, but but push a, a little more to to get that goal. So yeah, you you want to. I mean, it's a tough league. Every team is going out there and trying to try and get the get the first goal, and, and for us, we need to do that more often. Well, and it would change everything because, look, the Oilers are not a uh, a masterful defending team. They've been playing most of the season without their number one goaltender, and and for the most part, the goaltending has been surviving, though I think there's been a little bit of a drop-off lately. Uh, so if the Oilers score first, eventually the opponent is going to have to open it up and press a little bit, and that plays right into Edmonton's hands because then they are probably going to have the opportunity at some point to counterattack and perhaps even extend the lead you know credit to the Oilers last night they they fought back I think starting you know as, as the second period went along they took the game over they kept pressing in the third though they started trading chances with Boston a little bit and they eventually tied up but then Boston able to respond and then Boston just needs one to get the win I mean the Oilers were down two nothing they needed three to get the win okay Boston let the lead go but then they can say okay now we just need one too bad we coughed up the lead. Now we just got to get one. They get it from Matt Grizzlick, and they win the game. So this is this is the effect of falling behind and falling behind a lot. We're seeing it bite the Oilers again and again. The Nuge talking about every team trying to grab that first goal. I think any team kind of has that mindset, especially you get up a couple goals and uh, you don't want to give odd man rushes. You don't want to um, cheat offensively too much. You're... Uh, you're taking care of the puck, and uh, you're making it tough for, for the other team to come through you. So, uh, obviously, it's an advantage if you get up a couple and um, or even one. So, um, that's what teams have done to us, and it's, uh, it's made it tough to, to get back into the game. We've just been uh, chasing it uh, a lot lately. All right, a little bit there from Ryan Nugent Hopkins. So, the Oilers have lost four straight heading into the showdown with Carolina tomorrow, the six-game homestand. 
is uh, not off to a great start with three losses. They still have Carolina, Toronto, and Columbus coming up. So their record at one point was 16-5. and five. It is now 16-9. and nine. Just about, what, a week and a half ago, they were first in the National Hockey League in points percentage. They are no longer in that spot. They are now 10th with a points percentage of 640. They're still having a good season. Uh, I... I get the sense that some people may be in panic mode or here we go again mode. I understand that. That's the journey of, of being a fan. Uh, here's why I, I, I think it's like, okay, something they're going through a bad spell. Here's why I'm not writing off the season and why I think they're still in a pretty darn good spot. When you look at things, they bank those points early in the season. And if you look back at the last couple of full or almost full seasons in which the Oilers made the playoffs. I'm not going to count last year, the 56-game season, though I could find examples there as well. But that's kind of an outlier with the shorter schedule and playing all the games over and over again against just six other teams. In 16-17, many of you probably remember this. I'm sure most of you were around. In 16-17, the Oilers broke the 10-year playoff drought. Uh, first of all, in when they scored first, they, they scored first, they, they split it down the middle in 16-17. They scored first 41 times. They allowed the first goal 41 times. They went 31-7-3 when they scored first. And they actually did okay when allowing the first goal at 16-19-6. But again, we can see the importance of scoring first. But, you know, there's a lot of fond memories of that season. McDavid won the Hart Trophy. Uh, you know, Maroon had this great year. Dreisaitl really broke out. Uh, yes, it ended with the playoff loss to Anaheim, but they ended that drought. They had that overtime win against San Jose in the first round. But it wasn't all hunky-dory that season. In November of that year, in November of 2016, the Oilers went 5-8-2. and two. It's not a very good record. Five wins in 15 games. And at one point, they had a five-game losing streak. Flat-out five-game losing streak. No overtime losses, no shootout losses. Five games, zero points, all losses in regulation. And now that may happen again Saturday. But that didn't kill the Oilers' season, and that losing streak in that year brought them a lot closer to 500 than this one potentially could, unless this one keeps going on and on and on. It, at one point in that year, they were 9-3-1, and one, and the five-game losing streak dropped them down to 9-8-1, and one, which is, is a very, very mediocre. Quite frankly, it's a non-playoff record if you look at what's usually uh, required to get into the postseason in the NHL. So they survived that one. They didn't have a stretch that bad again for the rest of the season. And then in 2019-20, so two years ago, in the season that got cut down to 71 games for the Oilers because of the pandemic, and then we had the bubble playoffs in the summer in Edmonton and Toronto, so almost a 72 campaign. December of that year, exactly two years ago, was not good. The Oilers went 5-8-1. and one. From December 8th to 27th, they went 2-7-1. and one. 10 games, 20 points on the line. They got five of them. They were still second in the Pacific Division uh, when the season shut down. So that's why I'm not in total flip-out panic mode because of this dry spell. I do think there are some issues, and I think there are some things that have to be figured out, and you don't want this to get to five, six, seven, eight, nine games, and then all of a sudden you know, you're only two games above 500 or you're back to 500 or whatever you want to say. But even good teams, even Playoff teams have bad stretches. Now, you can't have probably really more than two of them, you know, that are extended for like a half dozen games. 
but pretty much everybody is going to have one. So that's the context there. So we're talking about first goals, and uh, we're talking about the Oilers trying to get out of this funk, but why I don't think it's going to necessarily cripple their entire season. I'm always happy to hear from you, by the way. 780-496-0063 is the number you can use on your telephone. It is the hotline presented by CertainTeed, professional-grade building materials. You can follow me on Twitter, at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. And, uh, of course, you can email the show. Why wouldn't you want to do that? Inside sports at 630ched.com. 617 back in a couple of minutes. This is the ebbs and flows of a season. Like you're not going to go through a season and have just highs uh, throughout. You're going to have to face some adversity at some point. And uh, for us, we're we're facing it right now after after coming off a, a good start and, and and having good results. I mean, over the course of the the first however many games when we were we were winning more, there were still games you know when we would get outshot by opponents and just find ways to win. And now it seems like the, the last couple of games for sure, you know. We, we're, Bringing the puck to the net and playing the right way in the offensive zone and trying to trying to limit chances, but um, you end up with the wrong results. So for us, we got to stick to what has made us good to, to be able to maintain some, some more puck possession time and playing in the ozone, and at the same time take away you know those, those one or two chances that end up in the back of the net. All right, a little bit there from Darnell Nurse. The Oilers taking on Carolina, and they started fourteen and two, and then they had a little blip from November twenty second to December second in that. Six game stretch. They went one, four, and one. Uh, now they've won a couple in a row. They beat Buffalo six two, and uh, or pardon me, three in a row because they also beat the Flames last night. They beat Buffalo six two, beat uh, Winnipeg four two, and then got the overtime victory against Calgary last night. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is the Certainty Hotline. Sir Robert has called in tonight. Robert, go ahead. Hey Reed, how you doing? Good. It sounds like you're at a hockey game. Yeah, I'm actually. Uh... I'm actually skating on the outdoor rink, so. Oh, okay. Well, thanks for, I don't know if you were listening, but thanks for participating during your leisure time. <laughs> uh, well, 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 no, I'm listening. I get the headphones in, so. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, but I guess, uh, you know what, I think, uh, you know, although the other stretch is, uh, you know, although the stretch hasn't been good, you know, I think, uh, Still, I mean, you know what? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stand here and uh, say it's 16 and nine. It's time to panic. It's time to, you know, trade for a goalie, trade for a trade to upgrade the third or fourth line, or you know, whatever the case may be. I think, uh, I think, uh, you know, I think this team, uh, they're gonna find a way out of it. Hopefully, it's tomorrow. But, but I mean, you know what? There is a, uh, but I mean, you know, I mean, like at some point or another, it was obvious that this team was gonna have a. A bit of a blip. It was, you know, it wasn't a matter of if; it was a matter of when. So, I mean, I think uh, I, you know, I, got, you know, I know for a fact it's going to turn around. And you know, we're only we're only 25 games in, and the thing you remember here, this uh, this season is the full 82, not uh, not 56. Yeah. All right, Robert. Who who wins on Sunday? Great Cup. What's your score prediction? Uh, I'm going. Uh, uh, I mean. Uh, I'm going uh, Winnipeg. Uh, I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say uh, uh, a 28-17 for Winnipeg. All right, 
Robert, enjoy the uh, outdoor rink, buddy. I hope you light them up. Yeah, all right, Reed. Thanks. That is Robert at 7804960063. As far as I know, that's the first time somebody's ever called from an outdoor rink. I guess it could have happened before if they didn't say anything, but I, I heard in the background uh, something was going on. So we appreciate Robert tuning in while he was uh, doing something here. Okay, yeah, we got to do this, Kellen. We, we, so here, here's yeah. the thing for everybody: uh, we have to. We'll and I'll. I won't. I'll. I'll do a couple sections where I read them. I'll try to do one before seven and then one near the end of the show before eight. Okay. Text me in because we usually do this before big football games in particular. Mm. Everybody uh, text in 780-496-0063. Your great cup prediction for Sunday. I want the, I want the score in the game, the winning team and uh, the score. And I don't know, something else. Like if you can do it as a rhyme or like make some kind of pop culture reference or movie reference in your text, you'll get a bonus point. But if anybody nails the score on Monday, they get a canned ham. If they get the score exactly right. And again, if any wrong predictions just mysteriously get lost. But if anybody act and nails the score, uh, canned ham. You know what we'll do is we'll, we'll Kellen, we'll get a drone and we'll put the canned ham on the drone, and we'll fly the drone over the person's house or farm or wherever they live, and we'll drop the uh, canned ham, and it'll have a little parachute, and it'll sail nicely down onto their lawn or maybe the roof of their house yeah. or maybe their neighbor's home. We're good with that so but long th- as they don't live out by the international airport because that's, uh, you know, no, we'll get it to them, Kellen. Don't put these <laughs> downer things on them. We'll get them the can't ham if they get the score. I just don't so, want the Mounties busting down our door again, okay? That's- 780-496-0063. Uh, text in your Grey Cup predictions. Uh, have some fun with it, if you like, and and we'll uh, hopefully get you a can't ham. And Kellen and I will give our predictions uh, near the end of the program tonight yes. are guaranteed to be correct uh, Grey Cup predictions. I was incorrect with my score for the West final, though I did pick the winning team. Uh, it was not 37, nothing Winnipeg or 38, nothing or whatever I was going to say. We'll, uh, we're going to check in with Jack Michaels. Uh, he of the, uh, barking dog fame yet. They had that dog barking during his play by play against the Minnesota wild on, I guess that was Tuesday night. And, uh, we will look a little closer at the great cup with our buddy, Natea Jay, who used to play for the double E and now he's working uh, in radio in Toronto and doing very, very well, by the way. So we'll get an update on that. And we'll also discuss with him. I don't know if you saw this TSN's Dave Naylor reporting that, uh, all aspects of the CFL game will be closely reviewed and considered this off season, including three downs versus four. Would they go to four downs in the CFL? And would that help? Well, I guess they'd have more chances to move the ball, which sometimes has been a problem here this past season. So we'll dive into that with Nate too. It's Inside Sports on 6.30. Chad, Jack Michaels is coming up. Thanks for tuning in. 6.30, Chad, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30, Chad.